Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hello and welcome to episode number 108 of the Master and Pursuit podcast. This is the podcast that brings you a number of things. It brings you conversations with elites as part of our scheme to invest in underfunded British elite marathoners. It brings you recovery rambles where I jog around the beautiful Epping Forest and talk about something that's on my mind. And it brings you workouts where I record a session that I'm running myself and you can download it and listen to it and run along with me as if I'm there with you. And today, on Tuesday the 22nd of November, it's a clear, crisp, fresh November morning. That's what we've got. We're taking a little interlude from our four-part mini-series into how hard it is being a marathoner to do a little bit of a workout that is actually inspired by how hard it is to be a marathoner. So we're doing this one because because I was struck by Josh's mindset in that last episode where he talked about how he's never going to stop running the World Championship Marathon even through the pain and yet I know from my own experiences that so many so many of us struggle to keep going when it gets tough in our runs or our races or sessions. So today we have a session that's designed to try out a few different things, a few different methods for keeping on going when it gets tough, to push on through when our body is screaming at us to stop. So I've come today to Gunpowder Park on the outskirts of Waterham Abbey, part of the Lee Valley Network, near to the forest but not inside it. It's quiet and rural, it's paved, it's got some good loops, slightly undulating but not expressly challenging in that sense. I've been coming here quite a lot for sessions lately and I've been enjoying it. I've also been enjoying getting to know the dog walkers and the guy who sits and reads the Sun newspaper at about 11 o'clock on a Tuesday morning on a bench just up ahead of me now. And it's worth saying as we just continue this little preamble warm-up, this is the type of session you'd get as part of the Marathon Milestones programme, which is the podcast programme that's a bit like Couch to 5K, but for the marathon. It's a 21-week programme full of hints and tips and sessions to help you get through the marathon, or rather to help you get the most out of your marathon experience. And we're rolling it again with London 2023 in mind so that's starting quite soon look on the website for more details on how to sign up should you be interested or should you know anyone who might be interested so as we continue our warm up it's a nice little jog around the park 
So I want to explain some theory now. Just for the next few minutes. And then we're going to do some practical. So the theory I'm using a lot of here is the Tim Noakes theory of the central governor system. This was published in the early 2000s. And this really takes account of how the body has evolved over thousands of years and how as a species our ability to keep on running has helped us to survive, particularly in those early days. We're not the quickest, we're not the strongest, we're not the best at climbing. So to chase and be, be safe from being chased by predators, but more importantly to chase prey, we learn to outrun them. And our body in that process learns how to avoid catastrophic failure. If our body seized up while we were running, that was no good for anyone. That was the end. Either we'd go hungry or we'd make a tasty meal for somebody else. So we, our body learned to avoid shutdown as we, as we run. And the theory of the central governor system is that fatigue is a series of signals that your body's sending to your brain to warn you that catastrophic failure may be coming and your brain therefore puts a regulator in place to slow you down or to stop you. So those signals are obviously heavy breathing or tiredness in the legs among other, among other things. And in particular what that's designed to do, those signals are designed to, and the brain's reaction to those signals is designed, designed to protect the vital organs because obviously the vital organs if they become say starved of oxygen or overworked are the things that cause to the catastrophic failure of death so these responses are literally to keep us alive now a key part of this theory of the central governor theory is that the brain is therefore anticipating what is likely to happen and it does that well in advance of it actually happening like all good pieces of anticipation but it does it like I say way before you need it to and your body doesn't know now that we're not actually likely to have catastrophic failure it continues to send those signals to try and protect us in that kind of evolutionary way but it doesn't know that we don't need that protection anymore and more to the point it doesn't know that the end of your rep or the end of your race is coming so it's telling you to stop because it thinks you're going to do this forever but you know you're not so if you really think what fatigue is it's not itself a limiter it's a signal to the brain to ask you to limit yourself then it changes things completely because fatigue becomes a feeling it becomes an emotion and emotions are real of course emotions are real and we really feel them but they can be overridden we can switch them off it takes time, it takes practice 
but we can switch them off. Often they are overridden by another one. And so now as we continue our warm-up, and that guy tries to find his dog, whistling away in the background, we're going to think about that, that fatigue is just a feeling. We're going to think about what other emotions exist. And we're going to spend time finding the ones that can override the fatigue. How about that? So, for the next 10 minutes or so, in our warm-up, this is going to continue, starting now, I'm going to ask you a series of questions. I'll give you some opportunity to think. I'll shut up for a bit. And the first of those questions that I'm going to ask you to think about is why are you running? What is running all about for you? Running can be lots of things to lots of people in lots of different ways at different times. It can be about physical health and fitness. It can be about mental well-being. It can be about spotting great spotted woodpeckers as I've just done on the tree there. It can be about adventures like that or going to new places. It can be about sports. It can be about socialising. But why is running? Or why are you running? Give that some thought. the second question I'm going to ask you now that you know why you're running is presumably you want to push through when it gets hard because you want to get better otherwise we'd be sitting in our comfort zone so let's assume that you're pushing through and want to get outside of your comfort zone and things are getting hard and that's where you struggle to push So why do you want to get better at running? What's behind that? It could be very similar to why you're running in the first place, but it's worth knowing why you want to get better. Faster, fitter running further, who knows, but why, why? Oh Jesus, the dog walkers are out. <laughs> 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 
none of them would like me very much. Okay, running into the breeze a little bit. It's quite a stiff breeze. So the next question I'm going to ask you, if you thought about why you want to run, why you want to run better. The next question is why is that why important to you? So you now know why you want to run better but let's go one level down why is that why important to you so if you said I want to get fitter I want to get faster why why do you want to get fitter why do you want to get faster why do you want a PB why do you want to run further what's the emotion sitting behind that Okay, have you given that some thought? Let's be like four-year-old children. And why is that level important? Let's go down to the next level. Why did what you just come up with, why is that important? And what I'm really driving at here is that in every case, once you've identified what you want to do, there exists a why at a very deep underlying emotional level and understanding that and understanding yourself better will help you push through when things get tough because you can go and call upon the deep underlying emotional driver that got you doing this in the first place and as you go deeper it tends to get more and more personal it might be about being a role model to children. It might be showing your parents what you're capable of. It might be showing your partner. It might be showing the naysaying colleague that you are capable of big things. There's usually something in there at a very deep and personal level. Go and find it. Ask yourself why. And be truthful about that too. It's okay. 
it's okay for it to be about ego. It's okay for it to be about putting two fingers up at the school teacher who said you'd never be any good at sport. Just as a random pluck from here example. So the last couple of minutes of a little warm-up jog, now you've got your why, if you've got your why, thanks, it's time to turn that into a mantra and the mantra is a, a simple, short, easily repeatable line that you can say to yourself over and over when things get tough to remind yourself of your why. It's for my kids, it's for my mum, it's for my dad, that's the sort of thing. Or it could be about doing yourself justice, boosting your self-worth. There's loads of different things it could be that they come out of your why, so give that some thought. What your mantra is going to be, because we're going to use it later in the session. up above, hovering, looking for prey, beautiful bird, the kestrel. Okay, just going to pause there, pause our warm-up before we go up to the next level of warm-up. So we're going to start getting into the session now. So the way this session is going to work let me explain. 
We're going to do a little warm-up, a series of short sprints, just to get things firing a little bit. Then we're going to use four different methods to try and push through when things are starting to feel hard. And the idea between these four methods is they're not exclusive. You can interchange between them, you can use them at any time, you can use them together or separately. And the idea is that just like everything in life, you practice it so that you get better at it and become clearer about it. So those four methods are the Paula Radcliffe counting method. We've gone, then got a mindset that fatigue is just a feeling. We're going to work through that. We're then going to do a little bit running with mindfulness cues. And then we're going to fi finish by using our mantra. And we're going to do a series of little blocks. So we're going to do about counting to 100. Then we're going to do three minutes, five minutes, and then six minutes for those four different methods. So it's 11, 14 minutes plus the 100 in total. So let's practice. So the first one is the Paula Radcliffe method, famously quoted as counting to 100 when things got tough and then once she got to 100, she started again on repeat for 26 miles in two and a quarter hours. But before that, let's do a little bit of warm up. I'm just going to do a series of short bursts of energy, bursts of activity. 15 seconds or so at a go. And we're going to do six of them just to get things going, but without killing ourselves aerobically. So the first one, maybe at 80% full capacity when you're ready. Let's go. Let's put it in. 80% and back to your jog good work so that's one just firing things up a little bit okay and number two going to go 85% up a little bit more it there back to your jog good work okay third one 90% let's go Good job. Here's my man with the newspaper. Morning. Morning, you alright? And number four. Let's go. 93%. Very precise, wasn't it? Just put a bit more effort in, basically. Okay, back to your jog.
and number five let's go up again keep going back to your jog And last one, straight into the headwind, full effort, let's go. And jog. Good. And relax, hold it there. Whew. Good work. So that's our warm up. It's got things moving a little bit. So we're going to go into our first method. And the way this is going to work is I'm going to count to 100. We're all going to run. I'm going to run. I'm going to count in tens because I think counting in ones might get a little bit annoying. So I'm going to count to 100. And the idea between, behind this one is you run at that pace where you feel out of breath towards the end. So maybe from 70 onwards you're starting to feel out of breath. And you keep going. So it's a hard pace. It's a hard effort. It'll be over relatively quickly. <laughs> it's the Paula Radcliffe way. Right. Are we ready? Ready to go? Going ten, five, three, two, one. Let's go. That's ten. Twenty. Thirty. Forty. Fifty. Sixty. Seventy. Let's go. Eighty. Ninety. Last push. And that's one hundred. Take a breather. Stop for a walk. Good work. How was that? Slowing the counting down obviously helps over a longer period of time. Speeding it up can help 
over a shorter period of time. Prize for me for saying obvious things on a training podcast. Right. So the next one is three minutes, and the same principle applies. So this one is longer, but we still want to be feeling that out of breath pace at the end of the rep. So whatever that materialises into, so running at a hard pace for three minutes, you're going to stop at the end of the three minutes. Remember, your body doesn't know you're going to stop, so it's going to send those signals. It's going to send those signals to the brain to ask the brain to shut you down. But we're going to try and override that by remembering that fatigue is just a feeling, it's just a mindset. So I'm going to just remind you as we go through the three minutes. Okay, are we ready? Are we good to go? We're going to go in five, three, two, one, go! So running hard, three minutes. Shouldn't be feeling too much fatigue early on, but it will build. But remember, it is just a feeling. Good work. You might be getting some signals now. But remember, it's just a feeling. Barking dogs. Thanks. Good work. Getting harder now. More and more signals entering the brain as I get out of breath. But the fatigue is just a feeling, it's just a state of mind. Remember, your body doesn't know you're going to stop soon. So it's sending you those messages. Put them out of your mind. They're just feelings. They're not facts. So are you going to stop soon? Keep going.
work on the bike listening to the radio okay and we can hold it there 83 minutes where fatigue was just a feeling how's that So the key thing there is remembering that the rep's going to finish way before catastrophic failure is going to set in. And now we're going to move on to our third method, which takes inspiration from the very first Milestone Pursuit podcast, the Mindfulness in Running podcast, which to this day is still the most popular episode two and a half years in and what this does is it provides a number of cues to focus on and these cues are running cues things to think about in your running technique and in your body things that allow you to stay in the present and that's what the mindfulness in running session is all about but this time we're going to use it in a much shorter way to stay focused about or to stay focused when it gets tough so this is our five minute rep. I'm going to talk to you all the way through and give you some things to think about. And in this one, we're going at a comfortably hard pace. So we're not going at that getting out of breath at the end of the rep pace, but we're going at a pace at which we're going at the pace at which you're not feeling the burn in your legs or your lungs. But if you went any quicker, then you would. But it's a pace that still gets hard. It's comfortably hard, certainly early on, and it's likely to get hard towards the end. And you want to push that limit but perhaps not go right over it. But let's see how we get on. So we've got five minutes and we're going to work to some cues as we go. Okay, we good? Let's go in three, two, one, go. So comfortably hard. So stay smooth and relaxed early in this rep. Drop the shoulders from the ears, relax the arms. Still be working. That comfortably hard pace, maintaining a nice rhythm, a nice smooth and relaxed rhythm. Everyone likes a, an audible radio around here. And now we're going to get, make it, make it even more smooth and relaxed by focusing on our head position. It's going to get our head up. Looking forwards. Avoid looking down at the ground. Get your head up. Facing where you're going. Now, let's focus on hips. Let's get our hips nice and tall. Push them forwards and up. Which creates length in your, in your legs. And with that head position up and forwards, it creates good posture through your spine as well.
Keep the hips high. Quick bounce. As you lengthen your legs. And now this. Focus on your knees. Drive your knees through. Knees going forwards, not across you. As so many of us do, dropping our knee across our centre line, perhaps even knocking into the other one. Keep them driving forwards. Imagine you've got a pane of glass in front of you for every stride. And you're trying to break that pane of glass with your knee. And it's not a glancing blow, it's a firm smash of the glass. Smash that pane of glass. Come on. And now, we're going to pick the heels up as well. So lift the heels behind you, as well as driving your knees through. Keeping your hips high, and your head forwards. Shoulders relaxed. Come on, pick those heels up. Okay, last minute or so. Into the wind. Throw the elbows back. Let's work on the arms now, they're relaxed. Shoulders are relaxed. So we're going to throw the arms back. And what happens with the arms directly impacts upon what happens with the legs. So if you lengthen your backwards arm swing, your stride lengthens. And if you increase the frequency of it, your cadence increases. So work the arms. And hold it there. That is the end of your five minutes. How's that? Sharp intakes of breath. Often the knee drive, the heel lift, the backwards arm drive, that can lead to Lita was running quicker without really realising it. Because we're not thinking about running quicker. We're thinking about what our body's actually doing. So that's our mindfulness techniques. We tried Paula Radcliffe's 
count to 100. Tim Noakes' fatigue is just a feeling. A little bit of mindfulness. And now we're going to move into our last method, which is the why. So we're going to go back to our mantra. So this is now six minutes. The longest rep so far, the one you're most likely to get tired in at the end. We're going to run at comfortably hard pace again, exactly the same as we've just done. But we're going to remind ourselves of that mantra as we go through the six minutes. We can apply all the principles of mindfulness as well. Keeping the head up, hips high, knees through, heels up, elbows back. But we're also going to throw in the mantra. Right, how are we doing? Got the barky dogs ahead of me again already. They're less bothered when I'm walking. Oh, having said that. Oh, there we go. Okay, are we good? Last one, six minutes. Gonna go in three, two, one. Go comfortably hard, smooth and relaxed to start with, just as before. And as you keep it smooth and relaxed, remind yourself of your mantra and what it means. Okay, say your mantra now. Say it out loud if you want. No one cares. Keep your head up and your hips high. So your mantra again. Let's get it out there. As you lift your heels, think about why you're doing this.
Keep working, come on. Repeat that mantra again. We're halfway through. Remind yourself why you're here, what you're doing this for. Good. Come on then. Now go for it mantra-wise. Really talk to yourself. Why? Why, why, why? Override those feelings of fatigue now. With that why. With your mantra. The fatigue is just a feeling. Say it again. What's your mantra? Just over a minute to go. And again, remind yourself. And again, come on. What's your mantra? Say it again. And again. Speak your mantra. And once more. Come on, all the way. And long, one last time, say your mantra and push. And hold it there. There's your six minutes done. Whew. That flew by, didn't it? Or was that just me? It's good work. So as I said earlier, there's four methods that we can use to push on through when it's, when it's getting hard, both in training and in races. Remembering that our body receives signals about fatigue and acts upon them way before it actually needs to because it doesn't know you're going to stop.
And those four methods are ways of overriding some of those signals in the brain's activity. And as I said, you can use them as a blend. You can use them discreetly. And like all good things in life, they take a bit of practice and a bit of time. So, there we go. We're going to call, call it a day. That's the end of the session. It's the end of the recording. We'll be back to our four-part mini-series next time. And we'll be back with a conversation with Charlotte Purgy about how hard it is being a marathoner. Part three of our four-part mini-series. All good and exciting stuff. Brilliant. Well, thanks for joining me. It's been a cracking morning in Gunpowder Park. I've enjoyed the session. I've enjoyed seeing my dog walker newspaper reading friends. And I look forward to speaking to you again soon. In the meantime, please take care. Thank you. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.